Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Only Podcast. I am your co-host, Austin Smith, joined, as always, by your other co-host, John Kirby. You can find us on Twitter at ACSmith06 and at John underscore Kirby. Uh, and as always, follow the mothership at The Only Colors. Uh, John? Came off a big result this past week. Real decent game. The result, obviously, was the tie mm. with Michigan. Uh, <clears throat> draw. Thank you. Right? Yep. Yeah. We got a point. Yep, and uh, wrapped up the season uh, with a tough one at Indiana, and the men's soccer team is has finished the regular season. Yeah, headed into the Big Ten tournament this week. All right, so enough about that. All right, uh, we are we're obviously talking about the win over Purdue uh, after a very doom and gloom podcast a week ago, one where we kind of <laughs> uh, questioned a lot of things that were going on, and were frankly not overly optimistic about this game. We were. We were proven wrong. Before we dive into that, I want to let you guys know that uh, you're probably expecting some basketball talk here. However, 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 we are going to be doing a, as you may already know when you're listening to this, uh, a separate basketball preview exclusive pod. So Michigan State did play last night. They had their first exhibition. They played Gonzaga a few nights ago in, behind closed doors. Uh, we're going to be talking about all of that as well as previewing the conference, some of our favorite players and teams to look out for um, on a separate pod that is dropping possibly simultaneously to this one. We don't know. We haven't recorded it yet. More content. Yeah. So keep an eye out for that. So with that in mind, we are going to be very football heavy. Diving straight in. Both F-U-T and F-O-O-T. Ooh. Yeah. That's right. Um, the footy. Yeah. So let's do it. Okay. So we beat Purdue. That Michigan was cool. State. Shows up uh, on Saturday. D'Antonio does what he does best. Really circles the wagons. Everyone left him for dead. Except for Vegas, who still had him <laughs> favored. Man, they're good. Yeah. Uh, with starting a backup quarterback and right on schedule. 10-point yeah. win. Of course. Of course. Right? Like, going into this game, I think we would both agree, as would most people who had followed this team to this point, especially you know, coming off of that just really demoralizing home loss to to no one's favorite team. Um, not only did that happen, but also Purdue, the team coming in, looked like an absolute buzzsaw against what was at the time the number two team in the country in Ohio State. It really had all the makings of what should have been a disaster. Mm-hmm. A, a Purdue team that doesn't need to run to score. Mm-mm. A quarterback who had been absolutely on fire. Uh, a playmaker in space that Michigan State traditionally has trouble with. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, a lot of different 
bad, separate bad omens for mm-hmm. this game. And um, then right before kickoff, we find out that Brian Lewerke is not going to play. Mm. We also, obviously, we're playing down Felton Davis. Um, and yet none of it seemed to matter. Came out. Um, I kept waiting for the new David Blau to come out. But we saw the right. David Blau of old. The one we were accustomed to. Yeah, our favorite. Our and preferred version. He walks out on the field and immediately throws an interception. Right. I was feeling like oh okay and then you're like all right i'm feeling good about it and then i was like oh right the offense is bad right they trotted <laughs> on the field and then i was rocky um i'm not he showed a lot of confidence mm-hmm. he he didn't hit every throw but he did everything you could probably ever ask for from a kid who uh had never started a game before yeah i mean his his numbers at the end look pretty good uh, 26 of 46 for 318 yards and two touchdowns, no interceptions. I think that's a little inflated, personally, by um, Jalen. Yeah, the late what was quote unquote a touchdown pass of 48 yards to Jalen Naylor, who, by the way, wow, all he does when he plays is just make plays. How explosive is he? Yeah, he's the fastest player Michigan State has had in some he time, should... maybe ever. Like, I mean, he, he, his straight line speed, like. He is a different speed than everyone else on the field. Yeah, that's Big Ten speed. Yeah, that's right. That's Big Ten speed. Um, but so I, I was, obviously, he gets a little extra credit there. But even that's just 50 yards or 48 yards. You're still looking at 270 passing through the air. That's pretty damn good. Again, for a guy who's never played before. Now, if we want to dive into his performance in particular, um, I think you saw why the coach why he was recruited by a premier big 10 program i think you see why people were excited about him um he never looked out of place and i think that's really something that is it seems so just like out in the ether of like oh he did he seemed confident but like truly like for a redshirt freshman stepping into not a great position um that's that's important. He had great poise aside from one time when he had a false start where he sort of fell from behind the center, which was kind of funny. But um, in terms of his actual, you know, his poise is obviously great. Throwing the ball, I thought you saw a lot of promise. He put some balls on the money. His touchdown pass to Daryl Stewart, uh, that little back shoulder fade was a thing of beauty. When he got into rhythm, that's when things were all clicking towards the end of that first half. And that's where you started to see what this kid could really be um you know at that point you are far enough in the game there are no more nerves it is yours run run the offense and um to to dave warner's credit he didn't let him get out of that rhythm yep Uh, you you could all see this was his drive uh, and you needed to let him just play football right and i know that sounds (laughs) so easy right you just have to let a kid play sometimes um i was a little shocked that uh the game started with uh not when you're starting a kid for the first time, I thought, man, LJ is going to get probably 25 carries today, right? Why would you not think that? Right, of course. Be, or at least running in general. We're going to get just a heavy workload because we're going to ease this kid in. Not the case. No. I mean, the kid threw 46 times. And it's funny because that's such a Dave Warner thing to do. And if that doesn't work out, if he comes out and throws a pick or two picks early in the first half or something like that, if Lombardi isn't up to the challenge, we're all screaming and yelling about sure. Dave Warner. And it just shows that, you know, sometimes those guys 
uh, have a better read on things and know the personnel better than we do. Again, I don't love throwing the ball 50 times in a game like this, but you have shown all season you can't really run and couldn't run again today or Saturday. 40 carries for 108 yards, no touchdowns, a long of 15, you know, nothing special. Uh, but give Lombardi and the offense a lot of credit. Um, and specifically, give, uh, I think the receiver is a decent amount of credit. Um, I thought you saw some really good stuff from a few different guys. Um, <laughs> give Brandon Sauer some credit. Mm-hmm. He had a terrible week and was the was the focal point of he you know he was one of one of a few focal points of frustration from fans in during this week. Six catches for forty eight yards. A couple nice grabs over the middle. Um, Daryl Stewart clearly not a hundred percent, and he left some plays on the field. I think he he'd did. probably be the first to tell you he dropped. At least one very easy touchdown pass. A beautiful, yep. beautiful sideline throw from uh, Rocky Lombardi. One of his more impressive throws of the day. Hit Stewart right in the hands. He dropped it. Still came up with that really nice back shoulder catch. Four catches, 60, uh, and a touch. And Cam Chambers, five catches, 53 yards with a broken thumb. And this is personal for me. Mm. Matt Dotson, He's tight end. Alive. Four catches, 48 yards. Well, and thank God. We'll put Dotson in there. Um, he wasn't the only tight end that had a catch. Sokol had one as well. I think five catches from the tight end. That might be as many as the entire season uh, combined. I mean, it's it's nice to see that they spent some time working in the tight ends on during this week, knowing, hey, we're not going to have our full complement of receivers. Although I got to say, to see, you know, Chambers, Stewart, Naylor out there is you'll take it at this point but so i want to jump in really quick um you know we mentioned rocky played really well but i want to give some context to that for everybody uh a a program probably we could all agree on equal um status and footing as michigan state is wisconsin they also started a backup quarterback last week um who didn't play horribly but very much was uh hindered by uh his his lack of experience the team was hindered he threw 31 times um, for an average of five yards a throw 158 yards it's not great right and and that's they were playing um, from behind so they had to use him and they couldn't go to the offense they usually wanted to and that's a testament to not not a knock on Wisconsin's backup quarterback but more of a a, a nod to how well Rocky really played right because mm-hmm. you have you know a kid that's the exact same situation right Northwestern's a hot team right now. Uh, Purdue's a hot team right now. Same almost situation. Uh, both are playing for something, and one team showed up and one didn't, and a lot of it had to do with the quarterback play. So big big tip of the hat to the backup. Yeah, in not great uh, conditions either for Rocky. Um, defensively, I mean, you saw, to me, just more of the same. I mean, a, a defense that is... To me, at this point, this I was feeling this way before this game, but this game especially, to me, given what they had done to a very talented Ohio State defense the week before, this seals it. I mean, this is a nationally elite defense. This defense t- makes David Blau, who had, look, we were talking about it last week, looks like friggin' Superman yeah. coming into this game. Instead, he goes you know, 29 to 49, not terrible, not great, 277 yards, zero touchdowns, three interceptions all of them just plays like like none of them easy right into the gut type interceptions yeah, the first one well was okay easy. fair uh, enough layup. fair enough um the second one 
I wouldn't put on Blau either because that was Tyree Thompson. Yeah, that's not really on Blau. But but that's just a defense just making plays, making, yeah, though, absolutely. is the point. Like, Tyree Thompson laying what should have been targeting, just if Mm-mm. we're going by the rules. Mm-mm. Yeah, absolutely should Disagree have Disagree over 100% here. should have been. Shoulder. No, shoulder to the face. Listen, I'll take it. Shouldn't I'm have not been standing there. Listen, shouldn't have, shouldn't been, have been standing there. Yeah, I mean, five years ago, non-issue. Listen, we lived through the age of Nehemiah Warwick almost killing a man on the field. Kyle Jefferson, to be specific, yeah. I still, um, I will say that that was the first, the only hit I'd ever stood up for. Yeah, this was the second. Yeah, that was big I ever stood up for, and I didn't realize I was doing. It. I was like, "Oh my!" Yeah, and then the the wherewithal to grab the ball off his legs and make an interception. I mean, that's that's awesome. That's a heads up play, and that was huge. Yeah. I mean, Purdue was driving. That was within the Michigan State thirty. Um, they moved the ball between the twenties all day, kind of what teams tend to do to Michigan State. Um, despite his numbers, I thought MSU did a good job of keeping Rondale Moore fairly in check. I mean, he had 11 catches, but only 74 yards. Well, here's the shout-out. Um, Kari Willis was Big really time. matched up on him for a majority of the game, and he really rose to the occasion. Big time. I mean, it is – it is. Rondale's going to get his catches. And you saw – They you feed the it game, to him. You saw how athletic that kid was. You saw how how great a hands he has. It didn't matter how good of defense Car- anyone would have played on him. But – the key point was that Kari was all over him and didn't let Rondell do what he does best, which is once he catches it, no one can touch him, right? Kari didn't let that happen in his one-on-one matchups. That was the game, truly. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, he made a couple of big plays, especially one in late in the fourth quarter in space. Um, ooh, sorry. I was just impressed. <laughs> so I was just impressed. It was just a great, like... Burp-worthy. Yeah, sorry. Uh, but, like... To do that, not only to do it like, yeah, at the beginning of the season, we looked at this game, we're like, all right, Purdue at home, that's, you know, everybody's chalking up a W there. Well, especially after Michigan games when D'Antonio does so well, right? But different circumstance. Different circumstance. It's just this team, you didn't, okay, just take a step back for the entire season as a whole at this point. This team has undergone some serious adversity. Mm-hmm. A lot of on-the-field adversity. Absolutely. Um, and they were, they're were they not playing with their full complement right now. they are I mean, they are down how many offensive starters going into I mean, this game. I mean, yeah, you've you've heard it a million times. You know, we've, but, but the fact that they didn't let that be an excuse. Exactly. To step up, answer the call, not let the Michigan game carry over into this game. Mm-hmm. And, you know cause issues for them i mean they blocked a kick you know yeah they, they did great a, t- a ton it's a little thing a ton of of really admirable stuff and you know uh, it's it's a testament to a coaching staff that people like to get on get it's, on them for stuff but i do want to say also defensively again this is an elite unit this is i really think this team you know maybe star worthy isn't where past defenses have been but as a unit this is this is right up there for me. I don't know that you're going to make it, you know, this all time, but I mean, hey, depending on where the season goes, maybe, but this this individually this defense is as good or as a unit is 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 on par or in the conversation with with the all-time greats. And I think a lot of credit for that has to go to Mike Tressel. I mean, people were really concerned coming into this season. Well, yeah. Now, all of us were. No, that's you should elaborate on that because, you know, after losing uh, Harlan Bennett to Florida State, 
people were saying, did all the did all the X's and O's go with him? Yeah. You know, what happened here? And, you know. and, and I think it's pretty obvious that while some of the, you know, listen, Harlan Barnett's a great defensive coach. I mean, he was an in, integral part of Michigan State getting to where they are today. Uh, you, frankly, a team like Florida State doesn't come calling if you're not. That's exactly. a, a historic. You know, listen, a they've had, the yeah, they've program. had they've had a historically, you know, or they've had a down season. No, no joke. They've had a, a pretty down season. Championship in the last five years. Right. I mean, this is so. this is one of the blue bloods of college football, and um, so hey, that's going to happen. But for Trestle to step up into that spot. And not just keep with the status quo, but evolve. You've seen things out of this defense, and we talked about it here before. Seen things out of this defense that they just haven't done before. There's a level of creativity and excitement that you just haven't seen. It helps to have a phenomenal middle linebacker in Joe Bocci and just absolute space eaters in the middle, in the Panashooks, the Gerald Owens, the Naquans, Raquans, etc., and a great edge rusher in Willikus. But that's tough. you see a lot of absolutely and you see a, and it it's a testament to development mm-hmm. all of those guys have I taken mean. a step forward That's this year I mean. and yes the secondary but by the way another, actually hold on front seven I see a lot of I think the reason they're able to be so dominant is because there's a lot of creative creativity going on uh, in trestle schemes you see a lot of weird two man fronts Brandon Boyer Randall's getting deployed in different ways they've used um, their players to the where they can succeed. Right, which was has not always... It's been the Correct. system ahead of the players mm-hmm. traditionally at MSU, and yeah. this year is seen a little bit different. Exactly. Specifically in this game, and then we'll move on. Um, big shout-out to Justin Lane. Yeah. I've been a Justin Lane stand for quite some time. Yeah. He came to... He has been coming to play these last few weeks. He's played a lot of offense in this game, but defensively, he made play after play. He stuck with Rondell Moore, and he made the biggest play of the game at the very end. Him and Kari Willis, you saw it right there. You saw All-American-level defense when it was that little pick play that everybody likes to run in football nowadays. Mm-hmm. And I think it was Moore, or maybe it was Zico, running to the outside. Little pick came. Willis threw up a hand signal. Lane read it perfectly, made that stop on, I think it was fourth four down, mm-hmm. uh, right before Naylor scored and, and iced the game. Um Huge shout out to Justin Lane. That's the type of thing that you can build on right now. And when you're looking at him as a senior and you're looking at this defense long term, yeah. So a lot of these guys are coming back. These guys are around for another year. Um, that's the type of stuff that sets a long term tone. Let me let me jump in with some numbers about the defense. And uh, shout out to our our TOC contributor uh, Matt Hoffner. He did a cool article about just truly how strong the defense has been this year. And check out the article took the numbers that he did and ran them a little further and um on average this season michigan state is holding teams to uh just under 30 percent of their season average of points scored in a game that's that's like market that is incredible that is such a huge gap um so you can walk into a game and say we're they're probably not going to score they're only going to score 70 percent of the points they're used to scoring i mean that gives you a shot right well and when you talk about you know, a team scores 28 points on average. So you go. I'm not the math guy. Well, but. you're holding them, under, holding them, you know, to under 20. So, and then, and then they're, they seem to be getting even better. You know, ever since that Northwestern game, which as Matt uh, notes in the article is probably not fair be that they, to say that the defense 
uh, didn't do their end of the bargain. Northwestern ended up scoring more points than they do on the season. Um, but as we know in that game, there were some circumstances, a short field at the end of that game that may have contributed to that. The last three games, Michigan State is now averaging against Penn State, Michigan, and Purdue. Penn State, Michigan, and Purdue, they've held teams to 57% under their average. That's incredible. That's, that's 57% amazing. 57% uh, less points scored per game than their average. I mean, it, you that shows me that the team is getting better. They're improving and um, not getting frustrated despite the fact that sometimes this offense sputters and, and not to their own fault. The sputtering is you know, a lot of injuries that have taken place, but yeah, no excuse. No excuse. They are, they are answering the call and then some, which gives hope. Uh, you know, for the rest of the season, despite all of these shortcomings on the talent. Yeah, and, and on the offensive side, it's just you know, it's funny looking at this season as a whole to this point because you thought that this wouldn't be the team, given all the experience they gathered last year. This wouldn't be a team where you had to worry about those adjustments and those growing pains in the first half of the season. But uh, obviously, that happened. But you're you're now at a point where you know, th- these are veterans. Can I ask you a question? Sure. How did you feel, uh, you know, gauge me, how you felt when Purdue had the ball and they were down by three in the fourth quarter, confidence-wise, good, bad, in between? Uh, I mean, definitely nervous, for I, sure. I mean, no, as nervous as any a little, maybe a little more confident than most people would be. And, and here's why I asked. I felt, and now compare that to the way you felt maybe against uh, Penn State, Oh, for sure. I mean, it's and, a huge I, difference. But, but the offense, uh, Penn State is is maybe like a half grade better than Purdue's offense, in, in, not over the whole season, but where they're playing right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then compare to how you felt um, maybe when they were playing Central. Yeah, uh, I mean, you were feeling nervous compared to nervous. You said you were feeling nervous. You were you were feeling. I, I was feeling confident. Is, I'm leading the witness here. Sure. I was feeling confident. They held Purdue to 13 points. This was not like, man, they're just been holding on by, they're going to break here. They weren't. No. They were strong. They were fine. And I, I hate to get too confident, but I have no reason to see why they wouldn't continue this trend, especially to, once we see that uh, their potentially best secondary player is coming back in Josiah Scott. Yeah, that's a big this deal. Week. We'll talk about that we'll more when that we get back. Bit. But, I mean, just to put a bow on this game, um, it's a really impressive win. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know you, it's you Purdue. Can't, but... yeah, yes, and we know it's Purdue. But you can't, you can't slice it any other way than to call it impressive. I mean, considering that Michigan State going into this game is low, low, low stock, low, high, low. Uh, Purdue stock high as it's been in 25 years. Seriously, you're right. And and uh, you know you would have thought that this is the team that can then come into East Lansing and win a game, but Michigan State flipped the script. It's pretty impressive. Four quick shout outs. We're going to wrap this up uh, on last week's result. Um, Tyler Trent. That was the very cool story. Yes, if that you was didn't awesome. See the ESPN feature. It's awesome. Uh, this kid. Uh, I've heard. Uh, if you haven't heard, he's a can he's fighting cancer right now, and uh, he's really been an inspiration, um, not just to the Purdue community, but now the MSU community uh, and beyond. 
Um, yeah, shout out Tyler. Tyler is also, I heard, traveling to Iowa this week, and he'll participate in the Waving to the Cancer oh, Kids. Oh, awesome. Isn't that cool? That's really cool. So really hoping this, you know, this that wave keeps rolling. A couple other shout outs. Uh, the crowd. Full. Yeah. You know, and who's to know what the what the feeling is? Like, thank goodness it wasn't that garbage of weather. But seriously, like, you, they lost in Michigan. They're four and three. All is lost. And what is the point in the world? Right. And 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 they showed up, and it was great. And the crowd also, um, was, you know, participated in the cancer sucks thing. Yep, it's fantastic. Love it. Two more pieces. Uh, third string punter Bryce Berenger. He 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 performed like <laughs> personally inc- sad that it's Big inc- Bill Pristop hasn't gotten a shot yet. Save him. Yeah, they are clearly. You got to keep you got to keep the weapons hidden away from time to time. Of course. But Bryce Berenger, seriously, kid was, was a walk on all of four weeks ago. I mean, like to, third string punter in front of seventy five thousand people in some very high pressure situations. I mean, that's incredible. It is. And then the last is another backup, Max Rosenthal, backing up Colin Lucas the senior. That kid leg pressed the entire line of scrimmage <laughs> twice. He literally. There was it was funny when Rocky ran for snuck for a first down I think on a fourth. Uh, yeah, she just picked him up and I know. carried him across the first down. Line. Which makes me wonder, can you do that? Like no, in this I like, don't know. What if like I like the idea of our our big freshman uh, tackle um, James Ohanba. I want him yes not carrying the ball carrying a person who I want him as involved as possible I want so, him pushing from behind yeah the bigger the better I love it yeah oh my god how funny would if that he's be? a fullback next year I'm gonna lose I don't it. have the ball I want him no. to physically be pushing yeah yes why oh. are we not doing that on every day I don't know but we oof. Mark right. Mark I have notes all right so let's take a take a walk around uh the nation so yes big games were played uh, we talked about last week the cocktail party um, Georgia saw this one coming. Yeah. So the score I don't think is indicative. I don't. Georgia beat Florida and Jacksonville uh, thirty-six to seventeen. It was not a nineteen-point win. No. It was closer than that. Um, but uh, Georgia very much back in the playoff conversation. Yeah, of course. Um, well, there were some questions. No, there were for sure. They, but I mean, you you, uh, it's all going to boil down to when they play Bama. I mean, well, they got a big one coming up this week that we'll talk about. Uh, then Washington State at Stanford, the Pirate. The Pirate not only won this game, went to Stanford and won 41 to 38, gets in a shootout the way he wants to do it, right? Oh, yeah. They are now in the top, they're number eight in the college football playoff. They're rankings. very much, they're very much we in are the not, picture. This is not a joke. Yeah. <laughs> and we've been goofing, but this guy, they're there. They are. I mean, they're, they are the last. Harbinger of hope for the, the Pac-12. Pac-12, oh my God. especially because Washington Ooh. Ooh, loses at Cal, benches Jake Browning, who's the fourth-year starter. How does that happen? Ah, oh, boy. No, Cal. On. But not only did they bench him, Austin, their backup came in and on the very first series threw a pick six. <laughs> the same pick six that had them lose 12-10. to 10. Oh, it's beautiful, isn't it? Peterson, you kind of overcoached yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris. The last piece, last great game, was uh, the Kentucky Wildcats took down Mizzou 15-14 to 14 on a last-second play. Football school. A last-second play. Our, is Kentucky a football school? My will, column. He, will Kentucky 
finish the season ranked higher than their basketball team starts? My column. Um, Talk about it. No. No. But (laughs) I like to talk about it. Absolutely not. Will they finish ranked higher in the SEC East than they do in basketball? Maybe. No? No. You don't think they can finish second? I think Kentucky wins the SEC easily in basketball. No, I'm talking basketball overall. Uh Uh-huh. And Kentucky football just in the SEC. Oh. Mm. Weird problem. Something to think about. Let's talk about the Big Ten. Uh, Friday night game. Did you watch Indiana at Minnesota? You know the answer. I did. (laughs) It was a wild one. The Gopes got up um, pretty big. I think they were up 17. And then Indiana came all the way back and tied it. And then Minnesota uh, connected on a 67-yard pass with a minute to go to win. It was wild. Ghosts. For ghosts. Here we go. Am I Vindicated. right? Vindicated. Am I right? Uh, <laughs> Minnesota-Indiana. Not really an attractive matchup at all. Like, not just football, but also basketball. You know what? I disagree. And only because there are those <laughs> those ugly May days where I yearn for Indiana at Minnesota. There is football. no one that lives outside of the Midwest that has ever cared about any well, sport where Indiana and Minnesota are playing. Well... Yeah, have... I said outside of the Midwest. How There's you... no one in California who's like, ooh, Indiana mm. and Minnesota you are about to play way. a men's basketball game. Would you? Well, we're talking. What about I know. I'm not, I, no, my statement applies across all sports. Here's a question. Would it be more or less appealing if every single Big Ten team played for some type of trophy? Yes. I think that should happen. I think every game should be it. Participation trophies. Let's no, do it. No, no, no. I mean, like. I want every. I want Nebraska Bethune Cookman. I want a trophy. Yeah, no. I don't care if you don't play Strong again for agree. seventy years. Strong trophy. agree. Trophy. They should be allowed to like, like take up some type of residence. Like they should have to mm-hmm. fly a Bethune Cookman banner like above the stadium for a year, <laughs> or like until they play and then defeat Bethune Cookman. I'm a little serious in that about every Big Ten football game should have a some type of thing you're playing for. Yeah. If only because no, it's, rid- it's ridiculous. Can you imagine? I love it. Can you imagine, like, let's say, if you went in and won at a school, they had to fly your banner until you beat them the next mm. time. Like, the body count that would be at Rutgers right now, they'd be flying a thousand flags above their stadium. None of them their own. I love it. I, I kind of like, it's, it's like, it's like risk, claim your land. Yeah. It's like, we suck this many teams bad. <laughs> We are exa- <laughs> we are exactly thirty five teams terrible, dude. You know what's so funny about that is that Michigan State would be fine, except for Northwestern would just always oh my claim God, us. The stadium would be purple; it'd be terrible. We would claim Penn State. Yeah, we own them. Northwestern owns us. Yeah, you know, and we'd just... be like, do not pay attention. <laughs> do not pay attention to the flag that flies above the north end zone. Oh my! So good. Look to Happy Valley. <laughs> we do own Happy Valley. Yeah. So. North, so uh, we didn't touch on Nebraska played Bethune Cookman and uh, yeah, who cares? That's a Northwestern t- pantsed Wisconsin thirty-one to seventeen. Uh, Wisconsin stinks. Pu yuck stinks stinks <laughs> downright downright awful. I love that this happens to them every. It feels like it happens to them every year. No, it doesn't. It, it it's feels, just why it's so no. good when it does. It's. It really, to me, it does feel like it happens every... Like, they're always a fraud. Like, unless oh, they... No, okay. listen. Uh, unless, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Unless they have had Russell Wilson yeah. for one year, uh-huh. they're a fraud. 
Wisconsin's a fraud every single year in football. <laughs> I kind of love it, but they're disguised. No, they're by the Big Ten West. They're so boring that you don't look at them and well, no, exactly, and that's why they're a fraud because they beat up on these like not great teams, and then every once in a while they get pantsed, and people are like, oh, they're just like the, it's like a jumbo shrimp thing where they're just like the best of the worst. And listen, I know they've beaten us. I'm not, and and listen, they're it's a good program, but and it's really. I feel like we're on a similar plane, except we win big games. There it is. But I just, they're always, I never take them that seriously. Let's get spicy. Hey, Wisconsin, try. Yeah. You're embarrassing yourself. We don't even want you to be our hashtag real rival anymore. No. Okay? You're five and three. So are we. But you're supposed to be a playoff team. Right. You are supposed to eat, walk undefeated. Yeah. Picked to win the national championship by many a pundit. Idiots. Get out of here! And that and was. It's not going to. you ever? No, no, no! It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. They have to go to Penn State. Do you feel good about that? If you're a Wisconsin I don't feel fan, about, yeah, I don't feel good about that for no, either team. No, of course not. I mean, I, I, I'm just. They get the luxury of playing Rutgers this week, but mm. must be nice. Must be nice. Wait, wait, we get them. Too, <laughs> but they get Illinois. Go we don't. <laughs> yeah, God. Okay, Penn State played Iowa in a really great game. Um, Iowa really. I would. Oh, boy. Your team. Can I tell you something? Yeah. This was my team until I saw Nate Stanley's sleeves. Oh, oh go. He, Talk about it. It's never been a good look. He looks like he's playing in, like, 1985. No, he looks like... Looks like Sam Bradford is what like he looks like. It's like a Pop Warner game where they're like, hey, hey, Johnny, I know you're cold. Yeah. When you put on wear his, those wear the sweatshirt Ugh, underneath. It, it just looks... He's got, like, the long Sam Bradford, like... Hey, I bought a jersey that was a generic size. They asked me what jersey size I wanted, and I said I don't care. You know who cut it? Cut it like you're putting it on a box. It's like Sebastian Janikowski. If anybody made the mistake of watching the Lions game this Sunday, Sebastian Janikowski's jersey is just like it looks like a stock photo, like cheaply photoshopped oh, over top you, of it. They just took it from. They're like, hey, dude, we have some extra stuff in the back. You yeah. want to put it on? This was made for a literal giant. Would you like to wear it? It's only sure. Yeah. Sorry, I thought you were saying in Nate Stanley. I thought he had like a sweatshirt on. No, he had these terrible sleeves. I he has see the what Sam, you're Sam Bradford. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Dumb sleeves. Yeah, yeah, he was doing that. Well, that's equally annoying. That was the my biggest takeaway from this game, and that Trace McSorley is a freaking warrior. Dude, okay, Penn State. How many great home games do they get a year? Apparently we got them all, huh? Okay, so also, can we talk about Penn State's quarterback history? Go for it. The fact that Christian Trace Hack. McSorley is the one setting all these records, and he's breaking Trace McSorley's or he's breaking uh, Christian Hackenberg's records. Not great. Doesn't say a lot. Well, Kerry Collins. Hey, you got that? Ninety-five. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, this is supposed to be this great squad. Where you at? Hey, whatever. They so Penn State by winning. Um, helps the cause for themselves to not be a complete waste of a year. Mm-hmm. Iowa loses, still still has a still chance to win the Big here. Ten West. Still no, Iowa's seriously. Here. They're, in fact, favored. <laughs> because the Big Ten West? Yeah, because Wisconsin has to go to Penn State. I mean, what? What about Northwestern? What about them? Iowa gets them straight up. They get to play. Yeah. I mean, like... In, here we go, Iowa. Let's they're not out of it. Iowa's year. The final game, uh, Illinois <laughs> went to Maryland, and they decided to drop... Called collective uh, ninety six points. Sure, uh, Maryland. 
hot. I'm not willing to say that yet. They're hot. 63 points, I don't care. 63 is good, hey. but it's Illinois. You really have to readjust your expectations. So do you remember the website hotornot.com? I do. Wow, we are dating ourselves. For the younger ones reference. out there, it was... A, prob- a, a now problematic website. <laughs> yeah, not cool <laughs> at all. I don't know. Middle school us thought it was great. But it was basically Tinder, but you don't get to talk to someone. Yeah, it's just pictures. And Illinois is definitely a not. Yeah, they're, I swipe left on Illinois. Ooh. Some notable national of the games coming up. Um, some actually fun ones. West Virginia heads to Texas. That's going to be awesome. I Texas, think, officially not back. Not back, but we knew that. But West Virginia, firmly in control of going to the playoff if they so choose. Will Greer, the third most famous uh, of his siblings. Did you know that? Tell me more. I I got learned. Mm-hmm. Uh, he apparently has two younger brothers that are like Instagram like superstars. What? Nash and something else. Oh, yeah. It's totally no. a Nash career. Oh, yeah. Just... <laughs> the worst like just the <laughs> worst uh but i was i found this out earlier in the season where like he's like oh yeah i'm my little brothers are like way more famous than i am and i'm like this guy's like a heisman finalist yeah. how is this possible i looked up his their instagrams they're each well over a million followers what are they i don't know i don't know i don't know i was legitimately trying to figure it out and i cannot give you a firm answer i love that little fun fact Thank yeah, you. so that's fun. That's why he plays so well, is he's just playing in the shadow all the yeah. time. So it's like, who would you rather be, him or his siblings? Great SEC uh, East matchup. Mm. Fourth SEC East crown, number six Georgia at number 11 Kentucky. No typo. Wow. It's a real game. Yeah. With real playoff implications. I mean, if Georgia can get... Key for Georgia is just good quarterback play. They get solid, explosive quarterback play. They're tough to beat. I, I personally would, if it wasn't Bama looming on the horizon, I would love to see Kentucky win. But I'd actually like to see Bama, like just because not? of the SEC championship game, K- Kentucky is not going to beat Bama. Georgia might. Who cares? It's for it's for Bama's going to win. Who matter who they play? Yeah, it's a, so what's the that's difference? A really good point. All BBN, right. let's go. Speaking of. Bama opens as uh, the first non-three-possession point favorite of the year. Jesus. Against uh, LSU. And Mm. they're still over a two-touchdown favorite. That's insane. That's how good Alabama is. But that's got to be the game of the week. I mean, that's one of the games of the year. Number one at number four. And and, and number one at number four in the number one team is a 14-and-a-half point fave. I am really hoping LSU can win. I want LSU to win really badly because I want more than anything. This sweet, oh my God. Talk to me. The greatest thing that could ever happen. Mm-hmm. The best and worst is if, if God forbid, that mm-hmm. team in Ann Arbor were to do mm-hmm. the things they say they do all the time yet haven't done in a very long time and win the conference. And still gets left out. Bama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Clemson LSU. LSU. And no, LSU as the one, yeah. Bama as the four. Or Georgia or Oklahoma. But a one-loss one non-conference champion, Bama getting in over Michigan, would make them so mad. I would become much more okay with losing that game if that happened. Big saving guy all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I'll sell my soul to the 
to the uh, Crimson Devil. Dude, the only way LSU wins this game, and I love Coach O, it, but the only way they win is if they bring back uh, the Mad Hatter. Oh. <laughs> That's the you need a little black magic oh, yeah. down there, man. Need some grass, baby. Ooh. No, they could. I mean, they need to. It's so funny because you could say like they need Truett to play like he like you, in a no. tough situation. He came into the fourth quarter of the fucking national uh-huh. championship game. Um, he's matter. not going to get faced. They need to. I mean, they need turnovers. They need, they, they got to keep up, and they need to try to keep the ball. Like, there's really no Here's winning unless you can get Here's a couple the problem turnovers. For LSU. Their quarterback. It's Bama. Oh, yeah. It's Joe Burrow. So, let's talk a little bit more. I'm going to breeze through these. If you thought the Big Ten was, was, bad, was bad, I'm going to give you a few other updates. The Pac-12 is in complete chaos. We mentioned Washington State is actually a playoff hope. But 4-4 four and four Arizona State Sun Devils, you may remember them from such films as beating our team. Nightmares in Tempe. <laughs> they control their own destiny to win the Pac-12. They're 4-4. Four and four. That's upsetting. They travel to Utah this week and can, can take complete control of the Pac-12 South. Sure. After their upset win versus USC last week. The Mountain West, another quick update on friends that we've played in the past. Utah State is now ranked. They're like good. number 18. They're, like a, they're yeah. the number three scoring offense in the country. They are on, the, on pace... You know, they're going to have a really great game probably against Boise. And if they win that, probably another really great game against Fresno State in the Mountain West Championship that I got to believe gives them a shot at a New York Year's Six game. They are kicking themselves for not coming out of Michigan, not coming out of East Lansing with the dub. Maybe we're not as bad as we thought. Well, we're not. (laughs) But also, I'm just saying, we said it a couple weeks ago, if they beat us, you're you're, you're getting UCF-y. With them. Mm. But okay. they lost and they're not. Sorry. 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 Upcoming around the Big Ten this week, uh, Nebraska at Ohio State. Now. Might not end well. So here's the thing. Ohio State opened as a 21-point favorite. That line has plummeted to 18. Nebraska, they just don't quit. Yeah, they won't stop giving their money away. Stop. Uh, Rutgers at Wisconsin is the uh, other 11 a.m. kick. That is that is tough. Rucker finishes the season at Wisconsin, Michigan, Penn State at MSU. It's not going to get better in wow, Piscataway. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, a game that still matters in the Big Ten West. We touched on it already. Iowa at Purdue in the afternoon. Uh, Purdue's favored by two and a half. Did, would, I'm surprised. Iowa is ranked in the college football playoff rankings. Are they? Hmm. Oof. We're not. Doesn't sound great. I, I think it'll be a great game. It should I be was, a good game, especially if you like Big Ten football, because you're going to get some really dumb stuff happening in this game. Yeah, I mean... Probably like, some incredible punting, a decent amount of interceptions. Uh, yes, please. I was ranked 16th in the college football. What? Rankings. Yes. Yes. That's... Too much. That's upsetting. You're doing too much. Um, then, uh, yeah, Minnesota at Illinois. Pass. PJ needs it to go bowling. Um, then you have the Big Ten game of the week, Penn State at Michigan. Uh, Michigan opened a 10.5-point favorite and stuck around that line. That Okay, we should talk a little bit about this game. Do it. That's, that seems like a big line. Big line. To me. Like, I, I know, I know, with, with Penn State, like, A, Michigan seems to, 
That game seems to be decided handily every year mm-hmm. out late. Like Michigan mm-hmm. either steamrolls them or they smoked Michigan a couple of years ago. Like that game is, has it. They've had some great historic games in the past that have been really fun to watch. But uh, in the very recent past, not as much. Um, if Trace McSorley is not 100%, the problem, the problem for Penn State here is that they run the ball. And Michigan's got a great run defense. And, it's true. And Trace, Trace has got to make plays. Yeah. And, and they could. And boy, would I love to see it. Uh, oh, would I love to see it. I, I think Michigan coming off a bye, maybe reading some of their own press clippings. This is a t- I'm just saying this is a test for, for them, for sure. I mean, Penn State's not what I think people thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year. Still got a pretty good defense. I think they're, I think this will be a low-scoring game. And Penn State, it's all about who doesn't make mistakes. Well, Penn State's been making them lately. And sure have. have. been the beneficiary of Iowa making them more of them last week. Yep. The final game, uh, non-conference, uh, the Notre Dame North Shore – Chicago kids play the Northwestern North Shore Chicago kids. <laughs> Chicago's two teams playing each other. Seriously. Actually, Chicago t- Chicago's team at Northwestern. <laughs> exactly. That's what this game is. North. Uh, the game opened as uh, no- Notre Dame a seven and a half point favorite. It's jumped to nine and a half. If I know college football, which Dude. I don't, <laughs> Northwestern's going to win just because. Yeah, this would be this would be a very Northwestern game, no, and, and not because they were the better team, even in this game. No, they will win because just because, and it'll be absurd. And, and we I'll will, hate it. No, we will laugh and laugh. I'll hate it. Why? Because we got to keep Michigan out. We need Notre Dame to get in, dude. Don't even worry about that yet. That is so far down the line. Enjoy the chaos. No. Okay, <laughs> we won't. All right. So we Michigan State does play this week in a uh, noon kickoff Eastern against a team in turmoil, uh, Maryland, who just, right before this podcast, fired their head coach, uh, DJ Durkin, a Harbaugh disciple, I must note, for some pretty odd behavior. um, Yeah, not just not And 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 around the program, but ultimately because of the the loss of life of one of his players this offseason. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, yes, correct. It's been a, a very tumultuous year for Maryland to this point uh kind of crescendoing here coming to a coming to a head this week so they will be coached by Matt Canada you remember him from Wisconsin and Pitt and and LSU amongst many other places so uh the line opened with Michigan State as a three-point favorite fell to one and a half and now after the you know what happened today I think is back up to two and a half I'll probably settle around three um this will be a really more interesting game than maybe we thought at the beginning of the year. Uh, there are some things that Maryland does pretty well, surprisingly, and uh, some things that uh, that match up pretty pretty well with what we do. Um, most specifically, Maryland's rushing offense is 11th in the nation. That's the best of any MSU opponent thus far, with 246 yards per ca- or per game. Going against the best in the nation, Michigan State, 77 yards per game. I mean, that's the game. That's it. In and or around, if Maryland can finally figure out how to pass the ball, uh, they're 125th in the nation in passing offense, 131 yards a game. Uh, Michigan State averages giving up 276. You don't let them break here, and you're probably feeling pretty good about things. Yeah, uh, I mean, when you look at just from a macro level, this is a good matchup for, for, for MSU. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I think, again, there's no questioning the elite. That passing defense number to me is just so skewed. Uh, I mean, it's ugly. Don't get me wrong. Giving up almost 300 yards per game through the air, but I'll take that. I mean, against a team that's 125th in -hmm. the nation in passing, like defensively, I don't, we're not giving up 63 points. They're, I mean, they might go from 63 to 10 or seven. It's, like it's, I, it, it's very possible. So look, if you look at the uh, the roster for oh, Maryland roster names, well, we can do the roster names. Um, specifically, I'm going to start with Kasim Hill, uh, who has been the starting quarterback for most of the season. He's only thrown the ball 137 times mm-hmm. through eight games. I don't that's, think that's a thousand yards, right? No, 966 yards. That's through eight games. I mean, like, this is not a passing no. team. They don't throw the ball. He's got nine touchdown passes, only three interceptions. It's only averaging seven and a half yards per attempt, 52% completion percentage. They're not going to blow your doors off. Nope. They're not. Um, however, like you said, they do run the ball very well. They've, you know, like I said, he's got 137 attempts, 155 total pass attempts for the team on the season. They have 315 rushing attempts. Wow. It's it's basically two to one. Actually, it's more than two to one. Um, I mean, they've had four games where he's thrown for less than 100 yards passing. Yeah, and I don't expect... I mean, actually, I, I bet he gets over that because he's going to be forced to throw the ball in this game. Uh, Anthony McFarland, Ty Johnson, and uh, they actually have four runners that have over 200 yards rushing. Anthony McFarland, Ty Johnson, Tayon Fleet Davis, and Javon Leak, all really strong names. Two of, yeah, two of them have averaged over 7.4 yards per carry. Yeah. I mean, that's just, they're they're going to run the ball. And if you've ever watched a Matt Canada offense, what you're going to notice is there's a ton of movement before the snap. I remember specifically watching him with Pitt, um, and you'll recall it from Wisconsin back in the day. They line up with a ton of tight ends. They move them across the formation. They'll often line up with one wide out, maybe two, uh, move them all over the place. They'll run little jet sweeps. They'll run right up the gut. Um, it's not a straightforward rushing attack. Uh, and Kasim Hill and their backup Tyrell Pagrome can both run a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't expect to see a ton of Pagrome. He does have 28 carries for 156 yards this season. Um, he, you know, it's going to be interesting. Uh, it's not a normal offense, but... Uh, to me, it's one that plays directly into Michigan State's hands so long as they don't fall asleep at the wheel and let Kasim Hill pop one big over the top, and so long as they can contain the big run. I mean, they this team uh, has scored on rushing touchdowns of 64, 81, and 64 yards, and a 43-yarder and a 54-yarder. They pop big runs yeah. because of the... It's assignment. Move. Exactly. So Michigan State can be disciplined the way they were last week mm-hmm. uh and and play sound defensively not all that worried about it um some other great offensive names lorenzo harrison the third mm-hmm. which sounds like a president uh chigoziem okonkwo echukwu Ogwubego. Ogwubo. it's pretty good really track. good and jace funk that's another favorite of mine um so they've got some good stuff receiving wise Again, they barely crossed the 1,000-yard mark. Their leading receiver is 225 yards. That's Tavon Jacobs. Um, uh, you know, there's, not uh, a lot there's just not a lot to report from a receiver, which is kind of funny. When you look at the Purdue teams of the last few years, you know, we're talking about a team that had Stephon Diggs, 
you know, the teams that have had put they put receivers in the league, and they've come out and kind of bombed Michigan State through the air a few times, despite not having a real quarterback. Um, that is not the case with with this offense. So defensively, uh, I expect Michigan State to to be able to stay in it and and really control that side of the ball. I think, you know, I'll let you give the stats here, but as always, the the interesting part is going to come down to what they can do offensively. So, uh, unfortunately, uh, we may be relying on the defense yet again as the offense figures out what the heck to do. Um, and it's not going to be a Purdue defense. This will be a very stout uh, Maryland defense that uh, whose strength is in the passing defense, 22nd in the nation. Um, that's going to be pretty tough for Rocky. You know, he was able to go against a Purdue team that ranks um, in the bottom five of 130 teams in the country passing defense uh maryland is not that you know, 22nd in the nation only giving up 186 yards per game in the air if rocky has 200 yards passing i would be thrilled i mean first one thing we should clarify is that as of now we don't know who's oh sorry it, you're right and and this is i'm going off of a probably a worst case scenario and that for me is rocky starting i think it's the likely scenario mm-hmm. first that's actually a question that you know we kind of got that we actually got asked um let me find who it was by but we were asked that before uh hold on hold please robert stefanik asked us um who should start uh this week and then um how should they kind of handle it moving forward um I personally think at this point, you know, uh, John, you can agree or disagree with me. I think that this week, if Lewerke is not 100%, that you should play Rocky Lombardi. Play health, uh, you play guys who are healthy. Yeah. And Brian's track record is undisputed. And I will probably go to my grave saying that Brian wasn't healthy uh, in, this, in his last game. And I have a little little conspiracy theory, a theory of sorts mm. as to what took place um, in the week leading up to Michigan. Now, this is not sourced. This is my only my thought. But um, the reason that Rocky probably couldn't have played in the Michigan game, even though we saw Brian struggling throughout, is that he, he had had no first uh, team reps all week. You know, the team has to make a decision. The coaches have to make a decision on Sunday before the game on who the quarterback right. is, right? And then they get their reps for the next five days on uh, with the first-team offense. If they were hoping that Brian was going to – his health was going to improve for those five days, and mm-hmm. then it just didn't, well, unfortunately, you're kind of get stuck between a rock and a hard place, right? A rocky ooh. and a hard place. So, yeah, and, and it's no one's fault. It's just kind of like here's the problem, right? Right. And so this week, um, probably the same situation where you're kind of like, okay, is Brian going to be 100% or at least whatever percent they think he needs to be to be a better option than Rocky? Yep. Is he going to be that by game time? If we are not sure of that, then Rocky needs to be the starter. Yeah, I would agree. Same decision, right? Yeah, and I, and I would agree, and I think you, you might be on to something. I don't really – I mean, we don't know. But um, moving forward into this week, I, I do think that like Lombardi bought himself what I think should be the opportunity to start this game. I mean – I, I'm not on the you know if we talk about moving forward, I think once Lewerke is healthy, yeah, I think he should have the opportunity to get the job. I mean, I think listen, it's not like he was all that impressive, honestly, in the first half of this season, but um, 
you know, I kind I kind of I, I think it should be an open competition, but that Lewerke, like, because Lewerke didn't really do anything to lose the job. He no. got hurt. And, and here's the other part of the question I think we can try and answer. Should Warner have been playing Rocky at least a series every game all season? And for me, that's really tough because you didn't see Rocky come into his own until probably the that series at the end of the first half where he got some consistency and played really well. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that, cha I don't know if that changes well, uh, if he plays a series in every game I, all year. I think you the other, get in a rhythm. I think the other part of it is that had the games been decided or in a place where he could have gotten that, I mean, I think D'Antonio's pedigree would show you that yes, he would have done it's that. Just too but hard. frankly, none of the games were all that decided. Even central Michigan wasn't decided. Yeah, none hard. of these games were big enough for him to get in. He did come in one time, if you recall, and went three and out and got sacked. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't remember what game that was in, but like central, I believe. central. Yeah. So yes, it's tough. It's tough. And so yeah, moving forward, it's a whole, it's a whole ball of wax. I think in terms of this week, that's not even a conversation that needs to happen until you see what takes place this, this week. And then they'll reevaluate, like they'll have to yeah. do as Brian's health improves. Yeah. So one thing to note offensively for Michigan State in terms of what they're going to do and kind of what happened last week, Purdue plays a soft, like, cover two. Like, they don't play an aggressive man-to-man -man style defense. So if you noticed last week, there's a lot of stuff that teams have done to Michigan State in the sure. past that Rocky was able to complete. He made some nice throws downfield. Don't get me wrong. He missed a couple, too. But um, short hitches – quick outs, slants, that's what he was able to pick this team apart with. Now, he's coming up against a team, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on their defense, but i got to believe that this is a different type of defense based on the yardage that they give up and the, the basically the way that Michigan I understand play. they play. Yeah, I mean, it. well, I mean, if you want to talk about a disciple of Jim Harbaugh, that's the, you know, the type of scheme he's brought. This is a, actually, I remember it from a couple years ago, they are a punch-you-in-your-face type of defense. They play press man, tight coverage. If they're going to do that, this is a whole different game for Rocky Lombardi. Those easy throws are not going to be there at the same frequency. Oh. So not to say that he can't make other tight window throws. We saw him do it last week. But it's a different offense. Now, I think Michigan State still should be the favorite in this game, should win this game. I don't care if they scored 63 points last week. They are not going to score 63 points against Michigan State. All MSU really needs to do, in my opinion, is get to 21. I, and they should win this game. And I don't see any reason why they can't get there. It's uh, kind of the same page I'm on. I think the only thing I could recommend to anyone, and don't take my betting advice, but I would hit that under of 46. Oof. I know that's a low number, but these two defenses are pretty stout. Well, if you, what is... What is if we do your math, mm -hmm. I don't think I can't. I again, from my point of view, I don't think you can count on Maryland scoring over twenty points, and we I do, don't think you're going to count on Michigan State scoring more than twenty points. If we do my math, and Michigan State holds Maryland to uh, thirty percent less than their season projection, they would score twenty-two points. And if you want to look at trends and Michigan State improving over the last three games. It's probably more along the lines of 18 or 19 points. So, and there you have it. There you go. So, um, you know, some things to consider. Uh, also, some things to consider. Uh, the depth chart was released, and some really interesting news in that one Cody White will be traveling to Maryland. Now, not necessarily playing, but that's significant because only a certain number of players can actually travel with the team. Mm -hmm. So, you don't just do that unless you think this person could actually play. 
You don't waste that spot. Yep. Yep. Uh, uh, and you saw it when they played Penn State. They left a lot of guys back because yep. they thought, you know, hey, they're not going to play. And then uh, also, Josiah Scott may, is listed as the backup corner uh, to Trey Person this week. Expect him to get uh, 20-some reps, get back into shape. Here, going into um, ideally a game that matters next week where he could be probably a full go. Yeah, this is this is going to be really interesting. I think the, the way that Josiah Scott is handled here down the stretch is going to be very interesting because if Michigan State can get a win this week and he does play, that's one game. you got to think if they could do that, you play against Ohio State, that's two games. Now, depending on where that goes... You sit him versus you're Rutgers. Sitting, you sit him versus Rutgers. But yeah. then what about bowl games? I mean, you're still tight. He can get up to four. That's it. But so he would have a third game after... Nebraska. Nebraska. That's and three. Then, and the bowl game. Okay. So there it is. So... Uh, I like that. There you go. I, I like that rule. I'm a huge fan of that one, rule. One, one thing to consider, um, we talked on Jalen Naylor and just truly how explosive he is. The kid has touched the ball 13 times this year and has scored on three of them. And he averages over 17 yards per touch. This offense um, has got to find a way to get him the ball. Yeah. I mean, that kind of goes without saying, right? But, like, really, Ben, uh, he's been dinged up, didn't play for a couple games this year. Actually, uh, four in a row. Uh, CMU, Northwestern, Penn State, and then um, last week, and then uh, Michigan. Now he's back. Um, you got to find a way to give him the ball. You know who he reminds me of? But he has better hands. Uh, no, he re- he reminds me of Will Fuller. Oh. From Notre Dame. Okay. That speed. The fifth. The fifth. Excuse me. Will Fuller V. Uh, not his great grandpa. Great grandpa. Great. Great. Right. Right. Yeah. Not to be confused with his great grandfather. Great great grandfather. Um, yeah. Exactly. You see where I'm going. He could ball. Um. No, I don't know, but I mean, long-term career. Listen, Will Fuller was a second-round pick. That's a pretty damn good. I have no idea what what Jalen Naylor is going to become. But in terms of the way that eventually defenses are going to have to account for what he can do, he's proven it, like you said, in three games. Three and change. Four, yeah. That he is a game-breaker. Can get buckets. Absolute game-breaker. That when he puts that one foot in the ground, he is gone and will not be caught. And can make decisions. We saw it last week. Yeah, I mean, he's a creative runner. I mean, this dude is a real deal. That was a high school play. Yeah, I mean. And he's able to do it. No one can do that. Exactly. Like, not at this level. Nope. And he does stuff, again, it's like that Rondale Moore speed where you just like, this kid is next level. This is a problem. He 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 does something so well that you can't do anything about it aside from play extra safe over the top. And that's going to be really fun. And I won't get into it now, but I'll get into it next year. Um, what that can open up in the middle for a passing offense is really exciting. Well, Jalen Naylor, if he plays this week, it will be his fifth game. So he burns that shirt. You think they'll do it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Of course yes. <laughs> and that's okay. This is different than Felton Davis. Yeah. This is different because – you mean Josiah? Because he's at no. I mean, then Felton Davis. When Felton Davis played as a true freshman. Oh, I see. Because you're getting real, genuine value out of him. Whereas Felton, you just threw him in there because you needed a warm body. This is not that. This is setting him up for real, genuine success. I don't feel like you're wasting a year. Whereas I felt like you wasted that year. I gotcha. So that's it. All right. Um, so um, I'm, I'm hoping, hoping the team can grind another one out, kind of like they did against Purdue. Yep. Get a little healthier. 
and set us up for for a, a showdown um, next week against Ohio State. Um, not looking past this one. It's going to be tougher than maybe we want it to be. Maryland um, is not not a Maryland of the past, but uh, yeah, they're a little better. It'll be an, it, another Michigan State in 2018 type game, if you ask yeah, me. So. All right, cool, guys. Well, like we said, keep an eye out for that uh, little basketball podcast. But um, for John, this has been Austin, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.